Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about our NOAA subscription. CD Media is not just a local news company. We're not just a military company. We're not even just a national company. CDM is a global news organization that has reporters from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to the Balkans to Asia to Latin America to the United States. Put us in your daily scan and get the news, tip of the spear news from around the world. I know that people don't like ads, however. They don't like pop-up ads on their phone. They don't like to see ads on the websites. But you know what? We have to make money. Seriously, we have to support ourselves, and that's one of the ways we do it. However, if you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription. And guess what? You get access to our dozen newspapers around the world, our dozen news organizations, and you get access to all this quality, high-quality content. So, so give us a few bucks, sign up for your no-ad subscription, and you'll get access to all of the sites with a block on the ads, and you'll be very happy. And now let's get to our guest. It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. You know that uh, at CDM, we're very big into capital markets and money and uh, how that works due to our background on the street. So we have today an interesting guest. Rob Cunningham is a uh, one of our resident ex experts in cryptocurrency and a lot of the news that's happening today. Welcome, Rob. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Todd. It's a pleasure. So we've been talking offline, um, and uh, we're going to do a series here on this whole subject because one episode is not going to do it justice. But today we want to talk about what what is XRP, what is Ripple, why is the SEC after them, and why is it different from Bitcoin? So I'm going to let you talk, and we'll go from there, and I'll I'll interject. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, thank you, Todd. Um, wow, there is so much confusion, Todd. There is a we're in a narrative war. I mean, we're in a spiritual war. We're in a kinetic war, you know, with what's going on overseas. Uh, we're in a pharmaceutical war. I mean, we're in a trust war. Every single thing that's happened in the world today, Todd, with $33 trillion in debt, uh, the absolute two-tier justice system, the, the, it, it almost seems as if the world has lost its collective mind in every shape, form, and fashion. I think I mean, people are feeling that, yeah. Yeah, they, I, I feel it. I, we've got two young daughters. Uh, from, from elementary school to what's your gender to what is money to who's on first and what's on second, you know, to it, it's, it, it's you know, 400 years to 1,000 years for a made-up, trumped-up charge against Trump and a slap on the hand for, you know, a $10 million bribe to the White House. I mean... We, we truly have lost our collective minds. And so my inquisitive mind has always been, and just so your audience knows, my background is management information systems and computer science back in, you know, the, in the 80s. Uh, I graduated with an MIS degree like 18 months before Microsoft even went public to give you an idea to kind of put it in historical perspective. Uh, 
I went in the Air Force. I was an instructor pilot, uh, flew in Desert Storm, 38 combat missions, flew commercial airline business, went to Merrill Lynch, went to Smith Barney, been in the financial services business, developed strategy and planning and, and, and vision and documents. And so I'm a very curious, analytical guy. Mm-hmm. And I hope your audience understands anything that I say has nothing to do with anything other than absolute love for our country. Sure. Okay? sure. And I want people to understand what I'm saying is we have to jump into this narrative war. We're all being lied to about damn everything. And one of the hardest conclusions that I had to come to to get my breakthrough, Todd, was to realize that from the day I came out of my mama's womb, I've been lied to. About I think a lot of us have woken everything. up to that, especially in the last three years. But yeah. yeah. So the good book, the law book, the Bible, over 40% of that book warns us of the root of all, uh, the root of all evil is the love of money or the lust of money. Over 40% of that book talks about the harm and the perils and the danger of pursuing stuff, things, money, gold, girls, Mm -hmm. glorification, ego, pride, drugs, satisfaction, bread and circuses, whatever it is that we try to go down that road, good damn luck was basically the advice that we were given. If you want to do that, knock yourself out, but that's not where you're going to have wisdom and prosperity. That's not where you're going to thrive. That's not what's going to be in your best interest. So we were told, be careful what you go after. And so if people understood that money is a trust system, money, it doesn't matter if Todd, you and I are trading back and forth coffee beans or or tulip bulbs or copper or gold or silver Mm -hmm. or even paper. As long as it's a, it's a verifiable trust system and both parties believe they're getting an equal exchange of value for whatever it is, your labor and time, my coffee beans or paper, and you can then take that and it's an equivalent value that others in the community will recognize. That's all that money is. It's a trust system. Sure, sure. So America's trust has been perverted and broken. It's been broken in the most heinous ways because those with unbelievable canniness, not ethics, just intelligence, had changed 180 degrees what the definition of money is, and they made it debt. Okay? Our U.S. Constitution required, our founders said, the United States Treasury will issue dollars backed by gold or silver, full stop. Mm -hmm. In 1913, that got flipped upside down. These folks called the Central bankers, they came over and said, hey, we got a great idea for you guys. How about we print all your money? We provide the supply of money. We'll create it and manage it for you. And you pay us a fee to do that. How's that sound? They said, great, good idea. Boom. Yeah. So now we have a non-governmental organization that is not accountable to a single voter in America. Taxation without representation. The Federal Reserve banking system out of the city of London generates Federal Reserve notes. 
which is a debt instrument, not U.S. Treasury dollars, which is an asset currency. Right, right. Okay. So when we say we're drowning in debt, Todd, we're literally drowning in debt. I, I, I say this to my audiences oftentimes when I speak. Do, do you know how long a trillion seconds was? No, tell me. 33,000 years ago. Hmm. One trillion seconds is 33,000 years ago. We have $33 trillion in debt. We will never pay off ever, but they're going to still continue to click a button and generate a trillion dollars or 500 million to give to NATO to fight Russia. And they're going to demand we give them money, even though they could just hit a button and have all the money they want. They're still going to make us pay our income taxes because it's a form of slavery, not money. And and I think once people understand the old adage, follow the money, you'll find the root of all evil. Follow the money and you can solve almost every problem and every issue. Now let's take it back to what does level the playing field mean? Why was XRP and Ripple involved in an executive order issued by President Trump seven or eight days after he was, took office? Why is the Securities and Exchange Commission trying to come after Ripple, sue him for 30 months, make them go away, call them, defame them and character assassinate the nature of this company that has done everything by the book and lovingly embrace Bitcoin and Ethereum at the same time they're attempting to destroy Ripple and XRP and what it's trying to do to innovate and elevate the financial system so that in my eyes, and Todd, I put my money where my mouth is, mm -hmm. the purpose of Ripple and XRP is to fundamentally reform the financial system and put the power back in the hands of we the people. So tell us how it does that structurally. Okay. Structurally, you have what's basically called rails. Mm -hmm. Rails are digital highways, if you will, that connect the world via one big, if you will, internet of value. If you think of the globe, if you want to paint a picture in your head, think of a, a fishing net all the way around the world that's got just instantaneous quantum speed connectivity where every single square inch of the world can communicate with every other square inch of the world. Okay. And then, so that's, that's the XRP ledger that has been built. That infrastructure or that architecture has been built the world over. What that does is number one, it allows for a hundred percent of the world to be banked of those that want to be banked. It provides, there's two, over 2 billion people in the world today that don't have any financial services. They can't yeah. accumulate capital. They can't create a coffee shop or a sewing shop or a water distillery or a farm. They can't micro, micro loans duck in Africa or whatever. Yeah. Micro yeah. loans, micro yeah. commerce. Right. So, um, and it's important to note this, Todd, the XRP ledger is deemed a public good it's held in a trust. It is not owned by a corporation or a nation. Stop and think about that. We have this global architecture that is going to allow digital assets to flow from point to point, 
person to person in three seconds, three to five seconds with atomic settlement instantaneously over a ledger that's owned by no nation, owned by no NGO, cannot be weaponized, cannot be sanctioned, and cannot be politicized. So it is decentralized. Is it, it is 100% yeah. decentralized, and it is a, in the public domain. It is not part of the BIS. Yeah. Klaus Schwab can't control it. The central banks can't control it. The SEC or the president of the United States, whoever that might be, cannot control this, if you will, digital infrastructure. So let me ask you, what's the difference between Bitcoin decentralization and Ripple okay. or XRP? Okay. For the most part, without getting into, into the too much of the technicalities, mm -hmm. the 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 quantum computing power of the XRP token mm -hmm. as it's been optimized to act as sort of like an international bridge currency that allows this atomic settlement speed and efficiency to take place has been built with both the railing and this token to move property back and forth from people the world over is collectively called interoperability. Okay. How, how do nations and companies and individuals and families interoperate and a German mark go to a Mexican peso, to a Russian ruble, to whatever type the currency is? How do people the world over interoperate? Fast, safe, cheaply, with perfect transparency in the event we need to see where the money is because we do need... Look, the good news of transparency, Todd, is... We get to see what the government's doing with every stinking penny they ever get their fingers on. Sure. There's no more black market funding for the CIA or the FBI or the Ukraine war or the NATO or underground dumbs or whatever's going on. If you have absolute perfect transparency, you also have absolute perfect ability to have. And how, how is, and excuse my ignorance, but how is that done with XRP? Like, is it, is it a distributed ledger? Is it, is it, it is centralized at all? Is it, it is distributed ledger technology. Yeah. And the holy grail of this system, Todd, is the ledger. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? It means the ledger is basically a blockchain. Yeah. And a blockchain offers perfect accounting. Every single transaction is recorded in basically 10-minute blocks of time. Mm -hmm. Every and, and it's validated. So if I were to send you, Todd, a, a Bitcoin or an XRP, 40 or 70 nodes the world over and, and, and places all over the world are going to have to validate simultaneously right. that I'm who I am, you are who you are, that transaction took place. The title and ownership and, and goes from me to you. It's registered in a time sequential manner in 10-minute blocks. And then that 10-minute block is going to be basically hermetically sealed with a hashtag at the beginning of that block and a hashtag at the end of that block. And that accounting capsule will be there in a thousand years from now. Right. Now, if a court system, if a government believes that we were doing something illicit or illegal and I was trading drugs with you and they needed to pull that out and take a look at that transaction and find out what happened, then lawfully they could, if necessary, go and subpoena that information. But 
you having a digital wallet from who? who would they subpoena it from? Well, they would subpoena it from that's a great question. They would subpoena it from the the wallet address, which is like uh -huh. an encrypted number that you don't know and I don't know because I right. although this all this happens, I don't know what your wallet looks like. I don't know what all your transactions look like and I can't see into you, mm -hmm. but only through a subpoena could that information be unveiled to show water Todd's wallets, water Todd's purchases. And it would have to be very limited to a date and a time and a specific party on the other mm -hmm. end. It wouldn't be a blanket, open up the curtain and show me everything Todd's ever done in his life. Yeah. It would be on this date. Did Todd involve in something, be involved in something nefarious with Rob? Mm -hmm. And then, then they would have to go in and be able to look at and have the ability to find out what took place between us. But it doesn't mean that we walk around naked. They can tell us that we have to eat bugs and live in 15-minute cities, and they can track how many miles I drive in my car. That Those are two completely different things, yet those that want to convince us there's going to be a centralized, top-down CBDC programmable credit score system like China and we're all going to be locked into these cities and eat bugs and own nothing and be happy. They're full of crap. Mm -hmm. that, that, that might be their dystopian dream. And Todd, we know these people work through fear to get us into submission. They always start the fire and sell the water. Okay, we're out of money. We're bankrupt. We got to redesign. We got to come up with this new digital financial system. And the central banks are here to save the day. Well, last time I checked, the reason we're in this crap hole right now is because of the central banks. So those that have put us in this mess are going to now provide us the solution to get out of this mess. That makes so, sense. That, so the SEC went after Coinbase and Ripple uh, trying to prevent the technology from being accepted globally, essentially, is what happened in your mind? In essence, they're trying to, they, they, anything that's a threat to their monopoly, they're going to go after, and they're going to give us a cover story, Todd, as to why they're going after it. Yeah. But if if, if people want to just stop and, and sit back and think for a minute and go, why is the world basically today at a 75-25 split? What I mean by that is beyond the noise, beyond the major mainstream media noisemakers and cheerleaders and, and captured you know, stenographers that are telling mm -hmm. us all the stuff they're told to tell us, 75% of mankind, most of the nations, the BRICS nations, BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. But it's really BRICS plus, Todd. Sure. There's about 130 to 150 nations that have indicated either on paper or through actions or through words, they're joining the BRICS Alliance, which is a consortium of producers and 75% of the world's population and nations and GDP that are abandoning the US dollar, which is, a, which is really the Federal Reserve note system. Okay? It's not a dollar. So you've got... Two entities, basically, the United States of America and Wall Street and the United Kingdom and the city of London that have been the money makers, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the central banks, the BIS, 
all of the centers that have been the, the cool guys printing the money and issuing the debt the world over, that don't really produce anything. We have hollowed out our country. Our manufacturing base is gone. And if you go to the city of London, there's not a lot of manufacturing and building and construction going on there either. So 75% of the world, Todd, has said, we're not taking your crap paper anymore. We're not going to let you lord over us with your sanctions and your political agendas and your war machine and force us to use petrodollars to every time we want to buy energy from the Middle East, we have to go buy your trash paper first, which in, which then gives you more power. You then export inflation the world over, and we have to live with your boot on our neck. Yeah, Seven. that's been coming for for some time. And yeah, I wrote a book about that 10 yeah. years ago when I was on the street. But currency so, works, right? Yeah, well, it's called currency. But so the question I have is, uh, where are we now in this whole, pr- the, the S- let's get technical for a minute. The SEC tried to stop Coinbase. They say delist everything but Bitcoin. That didn't go through. And now that they've taken, been forced to take the boot off of Ripple somewhat, where does that stand in your opinion uh, legally as to how, the, what, what, are this, what are the remaining impediments into bringing this kind of freedom financially that we want into play? That's a great, that is a great question, Todd. That really is. And I think what we're, I think we're close. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I mean by close is the deep state in its collective is in a lie or die situation. Yeah, that's very obvious. That's why they're being, they don't care anymore about, you know, trying to arrest witnesses the night before they're supposed to testify to Congress, that kind of thing. Absolutely, Todd. Yeah. And you know what? They 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 will they're throwing a Hail Mary on the field every single play. The way I assess it, Todd, we're up 113 to six with about mm-hmm. nine seconds on the clock. And they've got the ball. And they're they're throwing Hail Marys thinking they can win the game. I mean, that's the best mental picture I can paint. Mm-hmm. How it falls out, what's the flip the switch moment? These are people, Todd that don't think twice about eradicating two or or attempting to eradicate two or three billion people. Yeah, obviously. So there is no moral red line that these entities and agencies and governments won't cross. But at a certain point in time, they're dead. (laughs) At a certain point in time, we the people outnumber them about a million to one, this elite class. The question is, how do we wake up our fellow neighbors? Let them think clearly, not be paralyzed by fear, not take no action because, oh, my God, the CBDCs are coming. I mean, when people understand that that money is a manifestation of my time, my effort, my labor, my creativity, if I go build houses, if I go mow yards, if I do open heart surgery, Mm -hmm. if I own a media outlet, Money is supposed to be a representation of my my life and my energy, right? An outward manifestation. They figured out a way to bank all human energy in their perverted system. Once we realize that's what they did, that's how they got away with it. To, to give you an idea, Todd, the federal government spends between 750 and $800 billion on the, the military the military every single year. 
That is more than all 50 state budgets in the United States combined. Yeah, no, it's huge. It's a huge amount. It's 80% pretty much of the spending of the government on average goes towards the military. And look, well, I was in the military. Now it's going to be interest on the debt, but that's, well, but, um, yeah. And, and throughout, yeah, Todd, throughout history, every empire has died and collapsed. When the interest on the debt exceeds military spending, mm -hmm. that, that's happened this year. Yeah, exactly. It happened this year. So if you want to just be a history buff and go, well, hey, why is this time going to be any different? Our interest on the debt, and here the Fed keeps raising rates and raising rates and raising rates as you know the economy gets weaker and weaker and weaker. They keep printing a trillion here and a trillion there. They're adding to the debt. Well, they're, they're moving towards some goal of collapse, essentially. And so my, my old question is, you know, what is what is the intern? I mean, I know they want to collapse this system, but what rolls into place? Is it a CBDC? Is it I mean, what 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 are they trying to get to, in my opinion? They're, they're trying to maintain and preserve their 2.0 system of control. And I'm mm -hmm. and I, Todd, I'm here to tell you that the mm -hmm. distributed ledger technology is the reversal of their system to put the power back in the hands of we the people to give us our energy and property back in the form of sound money. This is a war in essence, Todd, between unsound fiat BS and sound money where we are the rightful owners of our money, not the government. We are not slaves. We're not powerless individuals where we just have to bend the knee to Rome and do whatever they tell us to do, except twerking in kindergarten, except these bio jabs, eat these bugs and buy an electric car. That is right. not the way the world is supposed to be ordered. But we've here we are. For whatever reason, there's nothing we can do in the last 249 years, but there's a hell of a lot we can do today. And today is we're either going to demand sound money. Sorry. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, we're either going to demand sound money or we're going to go the way of the Noah Harari, Klaus Schwab, Davos, CBDC system. But I'm here to tell you, Todd, the good news is they can't do it. They don't have the infrastructure. These bankers are not sophisticated software engineers. They're not programmers. They know two things, brute force and control. And they want to maintain a system that allows them to maintain the monopoly. Their panic, Todd, is evidence they're not winning. Their panic is evidence this, is, this train... Look, the former U.S. Treasury Secretary for eight years, her name was Rosie Rios. She's on the board of Ripple. She has been saying for three years the train has left the station. Mm -hmm. Trump's been talking for 40 years about leveling the playing field and getting rid of these perverted currency manipulations and trade deals and most favored nation statuses and fiat money and lack of accountability and dark books. No, no one can look at where's the money, who got the money. If, if America and the defense industry is one big money laundering slush fund, we wouldn't know because we can't see. So let's, you know, we, this is a, obviously a, a big topic that's going to take several episodes to get into. Let's close out this session with what is the difference between Ripple and Bitcoin, okay. in your opinion? 
So really, good pro and con on both sides. Yeah. Uh, the godfather of this industry to, I think, wake people up as to what the new system needs to be. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin was birthed with a 10 page white paper right after the great financial collapse of 2007 mm-hmm. and eight. OK, it was a, a supposedly a mysterious, unknown inventor came up with a computer code of Bitcoin and it was a distributed ledger. It was a it was a distributed monetary system that. Had, was going to eventually have no more than 21 million Bitcoin mm-hmm. and subdivided out into, you know, 10 decimal points. I mean, there are billions and billions of, 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 of uh, Satoshis, if you will, right, right. fractional pieces of a Bitcoin. But everything was to be visible, limited supply and demand with 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 perfect accountability. Mm-hmm. Now, how these Bitcoin came into existence was through a process called proof of work. Mm-hmm. You had to have miners to go out and, and a miner was someone that owned a super powerful computer. And every time you and I wanted to do a transaction, the, in, the, the miner that was first able to generate an algorithm and a, and a, a ID that validated who you were and who I was and that that transaction was valid and should be approved, got a piece of a Bitcoin. They were compensated by their ability to validate the authenticity of a transaction. The problem with the system was that it was extremely expensive. There's an arms race among Bitcoin miners the world over. Everybody's got to get a one up, you know, every six months they got to get a brand new, faster, bigger, more powerful computer. These computers required massive amounts of energy. So then they were getting these, these, these mining warehouses were getting subsidized from Chinese government. There was a point in time time where more than 50% of all Bitcoin mining in the world was taking place under the auspices of the CCP. Yeah. So a, that's not safe. It's expensive, it's not environmentally friendly, and it's not really decentralized because what if all of a sudden the CCP goes, we're shutting you down? What does that happen to the world's monetary system? So that system, although it was kind of the godfather, it was like AOL, okay? Mm -hmm. It was was web version 1.0. I mean, Google's browser is like the 17th browser that we've been using in the world of technology. So Bitcoin, with all of its its educational value that woke people up to a different way of thinking, was very limited, very costly, very expensive, unwieldy. And it was almost a validation that the banking system knew that they died basically in 2007 and they needed Mm -hmm. to come. They were bankrupt. They were insolvent. They were just printing their way into happy land since 2007, and that's what they've been doing. And they've been looking for an alternative solution. Normally, Todd, that's called war. Mm Any time a country goes bankrupt and there's a passing the baton from one world reserve currency to the next, and it goes from one nation to a nation, the one that's losing that monopoly doesn't do it with gentlemanly manners. Sure. They usually go to war, right? So- a lot of people understand that we're bankrupt, we're insolvent, we're never ever. America only has three options, Todd. That's pay off the debt, <laughs> never going to happen. Declare bankruptcy on the world stage with, with the world reserve currency embedded into every nation with treasury bills and notes and bonds and derivatives and mortgages and all yeah. of these obligations. So 
we can't pay the debt off. We can't declare bankruptcy. So we have to reorganize. There has to be a reorganization plan that, that hopefully avoids World War III. So how does Ripple differ from Bitcoin? Well, Ripple... Or XRP. Ripple is the company. XRP is the instrument, correct? It's that. Thank you, Todd. Ripple, mm -hmm. first of all, is a private company designed mm -hmm. to help banks transition to a different era. Mm -hmm. Basically, Ripple's business model is how do we go from Blockbuster to Netflix? Mm -hmm. How do we help the banks that have been using the SWIFT system and the old wire transfer system and the expensive nine to five closed on nights and weekends and holidays will charge you 7% every time money goes from point A to point B anywhere in the world, a closed private banker owned money movement system. Right. How do we transfer the banks around the world and help them connect their back offices so that they can then move money around the world on a public trust rail system. That's what basically Ripple's model is. Okay. And so, so is, is there no proof of work on to validate transactions? No, that's perfect. There's a hundred billion XRP that were put into existence when it was uh -huh. first initially in, invented. Uh -huh. The supply is out there about 20 billion or so are in the founders and 80 billion are in the public domain about 40 billion or so are in circulation and about 50 40 billion or so 45 billion are in escrow mm -hmm. okay and the escrow has got us a, a 1 billion per month release into the public if there's consumption and people want to buy them they can whether you're a company or however they're distributed through the ripple model those that aren't purchased go right back into escrow that would that keeps there being you know, all of a sudden a tidal wave of, of, of liquidity pouring in and perverting mm -hmm. markets because all of a sudden one day there's 30 billion, next day there's 70 billion tokens. That, that would be disruptive and destabilizing to the financial system. So, so there's a price for XRP, you know, like a currency, you know, spread or coupling. I mean, dollars to XRP or dollars to Bitcoin or whatever. There, there's, a, there's a floating price for that. Those are called, that pair, those are called pairs. There's yeah. an XRP to, to Canadian dollar, an XRP yeah. to US yeah. dollar, XRP yeah. to a Chinese yuan, an XRP to a French franc. Mm -hmm. You know, there are pairs and trading pairs. There are 40 major trading corridors, and XRP's got a corresponding pair to every major corridor in the world. And Todd, it's important to understand every nation in the world deemed XRP to be a currency or a commodity, except for mm -hmm. the United States of America. The bully on the block which is America is about three or 4% of the world's population. We're about 20 to 25% of mm -hmm. GDP and about 40 to 45% of every financial transaction in the world takes place in the United States. So if they think they can stop XRP or stop the adoption of XRP or classify XRP as a security, then the promise and the benefits of what XRP can do through Ripple and on the XRP ledger, the public domain, they have basically put a pole in the bicycle wheel and they slowed down that system right. from adoption. That in, therein lies the motive 
for the SEC, who, again, they're just taking orders from those that control them to go after Ripple and sue Ripple and claim XRP as something other than what it is and try to stop global adoption of XRP. So is there can more can more XRP be created or is it good news, Todd, is it's the supply is limited and it's deflationary. Yeah. The, that is so key to not to get into the wonkish weeds here, but on every single transaction where there's an XRP transaction involved, a tiny percentage of XRP are burned and forever lost. In the central banking system that's built today, Todd, it lives on inflation. It, sure. it implodes on deflation. It cannot function in a deflationary environment, and yet XRP and the XRP ledger in the system is designed to be deflationary slightly. So the, the quantity slowly decreases over time? Is that what you're as saying? As the demand increases. And therefore, as we transition to a international neutral bridge currency, the, the best picture I can paint for your audience, Todd, mm-hmm. is to think of, think of an XRP token as like an intergalactic spaceship. Mm-hmm. You can put any currency on it, and in three seconds, you can atomically go somewhere else, and it can go into the XRP as a U.S. dollar and come out as a German mark Sure. in three seconds. Sure. There's no currency broker. There's no exchange rate. There's no FUD in between. There's no banker putting their grubby fingers on trying to take profit between that instantaneous conversion and settlement. <clears throat> and what this does, Todd, to, to put it in a big picture idea think of the world as one big etsy store and everybody every citizen on earth all eight billion people could literally transact with one another on a level playing field and buy boots or corn or oil or cars or blue jeans or semiconductors or or sneakers or whatever they want to buy point to point person to person peer to peer without any banker permission to be able to to operate at an almost in a safe, almost free ability to get a fair exchange of our currency for your currency, your product for my product, your time and labor for my time and labor. Think about the just just the idea of people not having to work for $4 a week in a factory in China to build our iPhones for us. How inhuman is that? How utterly enslaving is that so that we can go buy $8 lattes that they could, if they saved all their money, they couldn't buy an $8 latte in two weeks. And we go buy one or two every day. I mean, that whole process has been so perverted by the the lords of the money system. And they're doing everything that they can to keep that system going. And that's, that's really the root cause of the chaos in our world today. So why don't we um, essentially just leave it there and schedule another time? So sure. um, how do people find out about your work and where can they find what you're writing, Rob? Because I know you put out a lot. Yeah, I've got a, uh, you, can, you can go to my website, which I started about seven months ago or so. Mm-hmm. It's called cool, K-U-W-L dot show. Or you can go to my Substack directly, Rob Cunningham dot substack.com mm-hmm. i've got about 160 articles they're not terribly long but 80 percent of them or so of my articles and writing are on the digital currency space the monetary system 
And the other parts are geopolitical in nature, a little bit of history about the United States and the banking system and, and that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. But uh, I would encourage, Todd, for people to please not lose hope because that is the goal of our, of our captors is to make us lose hope, make us feel like all is lost, just make this go away. I'll give you my sovereignty if you'll just give me a little safety. That never works out. That never, that never works out for us. Their goal is to beat us down with, with fear being their real currency into a state of submission. And we're never going to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness if we remain slaves. We just, we're never going to get there. So fear not. 365 times we were told, fear not. Maybe somebody knew what they were going to, how they were going to leverage fear to put us where we are today, right? So we've got to have fresh eyes and look at this with hope and optimism and see what, there's, the, there's a story behind the story. Sure. Media is never going to tell us what the story is <laughs> ever. <laughs> well, thanks, Rob. We're going to have you back on. I appreciate your time uh, this morning. Uh, thank yeah. you for having me, Todd. All right.